Russia. Russia. Russland. Russia. Privet and hello to the Why Russia podcast. On this podcast, we ask foreigners who live in Russia one simple question. Why Russia? Today, we are joined by Dan, Dan Castle. He's a Mexican-American and he's living right now in a small town in Siberia. He's also running the YouTube channel Wild Siberia. So Dan, before we dive into the questions, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit to the audience and you can explain how did you end up in a small town in Siberia? Hello, my name is uh, Dan Kessler, like he was mentioned. I was basically, I'm a United States Marine veteran. I was in the Afghanistan war. I did three campaigns there. And the reason why I ended up in a small town in Siberia is only by chance. I had been living in California most of my life. And I was in Afghanistan, like I said, and everywhere where I have ever been, it's been very hot. So... I wanted to go somewhere different, somewhere new. And around 2019, 2020, I decided I'm going to go to Siberia, not Russia. I was not even thinking about Russia. Russia was not a place that appealed to me. I wanted a challenge for myself. So I wanted to go somewhere cold. But with this pandemic thing that happened with the world and then with the conflict in the world again, I took a flight. I said, you know what? I'm not going to wait till the conflict is over. I'm just going to go ahead and go while I can. I had a very good job in the United States, but I ended up looking at the map and I saw Novosibirsk, which is Siberia, but it was too close for me. So I flew even further into Irkutsk and I was attracted by Lake Baikal and I stayed here. I decided to stay because I liked the way Russia and society was ran. I just never went back to the United States and I found a woman, a really good woman. And I moved literally five minutes away from Lake Baikal. So that is essentially how I ended up in this small town is by luck, because I found this woman and also by, by chance of adventure. My heart has always been an adventurous. So that's it. You said never that, planned on staying. You said that you were very fascinated by Siberia, but not Russia as a whole so much. So how did your like, fascination with Siberia start? Because when... When you hear Siberia, you always think it's a miserable place. It's a cold place. I'm a man of challenges. I survived the heat in Afghanistan. It was like 150 degrees, like 50 to 60 Celsius at its hottest days. Like I knew nothing about Russia because growing up as a Mexican-American, you don't really learn about the outside world. You mostly are just working. You never think about other countries because the American dream, your parents tell you, hey, you must stay in America, make a life. So honestly, only Siberia, I know, I knew about it from National Geographic, <laughs> hearing things about how cold it is. So I remember that as a child. So I wanted to go see it for myself. Yeah, then you came to Siberia and now you're living this life in a small village in Siberia, not even a big city, but a small village. So how is daily life in a small village in, in Siberia? The town that I live in is Slyudanka, but I live on the outskirts. So in Russia, it's very typical where you have a center and then as you go out of the center, it starts getting smaller and smaller. So basically what I do now is I make my YouTube videos, but I also dedicate my time to just trying to maintain going fishing, seeing the nature, planning different things like visiting new places in Russia. 
Like I said, I had a really good paying job. So this year I can survive off the money I brought with me from the United States, which I brought last year. But in a small town, you just have to figure out what you want to do. Eventually, I want to get my residency so I can get a job. But the truth is, there's not a lot of things to do if it's not involving nature. So you need to actually like nature to stay in a small town um, because you're surrounded by it. You also traveled a lot of cities in Siberia. I watched some of your videos. You are oftentimes in Irkutsk. Yeah. You are sometimes in Novosibirsk. I think you were also traveling through Krasnoyarsk, for example. Maybe you can tell the audience if they want to visit Siberia and maybe they don't want to go to Slodyanka immediately. Maybe they want to go to one of the bigger cities. What city yeah. would you recommend them to go to? I'm going to say this, first of all, because Siberia is so vast. We're talking about a territory that starts well before Novosibirsk and extends all the way to the Far East. If you want to see Siberia, I think that there's perhaps three or four major cities you should definitely visit. And we'll start off with the city of Novosibirsk, which is the capital or the administration capital of Siberian territory. The reason why you must visit this city is because it's an ever-expanding city. This is a city that is so modern. It is founded only in the late 1800s. This is basically a city that is growing right before your eyes. So if you visit it, you get a taste of modernization in Siberia that It is the third largest city, so you're going to see things that you never expected. Usually when you hear Siberia, you hear a tundra. This is not so. And Novosibirsk is one of the first cities you should visit. I will also say that there are cities like my own city, like Irkutsk, that it is founded in the 1600s to late 1500s, where you're going to see a lot of historical buildings, wooden architecture during the Tsar generation, and then like Soviet architecture, you get a little bit of mix. If you want to experience the Far East, of course, we have um, Kavarovsk and we have uh, Vladivostok. This is now known as the Far East, but it essentially is Eastern Siberia. So there's a good way of traveling around this place is by plane. You can start by flying into Novosibirsk and then possibly taking the Trans-Siberian Railroad, which I've taken it three times by now. And it is a very good way to get around Russia. It's a little bit expensive at the moment, but you get to see the countryside. And I believe that it's a, it's a, you will make memories that you will never see anywhere else. You're going to see endless fields of grasses, towns that are older than countries. So I would suggest people to just take it slow and enjoy the process of visiting these places. As a Mexican-American, you have, of course, insights yeah. into the American culture, into the Mexican culture. So now you have insights into Russian culture and especially into Siberian culture. So if you compare similarities and differences between Mexican culture and American culture with the culture that you find in Siberia, what are some similarities? What are some differences? As a Mexican-American, mostly I have Mexican heritage. My culture is mostly Mexican. so. A lot of the similarities that I see here amongst the older people, there's a lot of respect. Uh, there's a lot of honor. And if you do something bad, the babushkas and the dadushkas will look at you strange and they will try to correct you. So this is a very common thing in Mexico as well. It takes a village to raise a child. And it is the same here in Russia. The biggest differences that I see amongst the way I was growing up in America and here is that 
in America, you tend to segregate a lot. I grew up in a town where it's only Mexicans. So I didn't really see any, anybody else. Here in Russia, and especially in Irkutsk Oblast, you have people of all ethnicities. You have people that come from Yakutsk. You have people that come from Armenia. You have Georgian people. And we all live together here in my town. I see people from Azerbaijan. This is very strange to me when I first got to Russia because I'm used to being in a place where it's usually 99% one thing. And in Russia, it is not. Yeah. You also mentioned that the older generations, they, sh they share some values. So basically, like the family-oriented values is what, con what connects Mexican culture with Russian culture to some extent. Yes, I, this is what I'm essentially, this is what I'm saying is that the Mexico is very traditional and Russia is very traditional as well. And those type of societies are a dying trait. This is not a common thing to keep your culture and your traditions alive. I don't know how it happened, but in Russia and in Mexico, it's very strong, very prominent. You can see it when you're walking, when you visit a friend that they keep whatever their parents taught them because their parents taught them this. So yeah, this is very strong here in Russia. I remember 2018, there were a lot of Mexican guests coming to Russia for the World Cup. I don't know if you were there at the time, but the streets in Moscow, they were like full with Mexicans, basically. I was always interested, how is Russia viewed in Mexico? Because, of course, in the U.S., Russia is viewed very negatively in Germany, where I'm from as well. And yeah, there were so many Mexican guests coming to Russia. And maybe you can explain to us, like, how in the media in Mexico, Russia is portrayed and also what the common people in Mexico think about Russia. Yes. So the interesting thing about the 2018 games, it is because Russia is so far from Mexico, but Mexicans, when they have an idea of a place, usually they don't have, they don't judge. They will get an idea, but when they get there's really when the party starts. And I will guarantee you that most of the Mexicans that visited Russia during that time had no idea what to expect. But if there's one thing, the Mexicans welcome tourists and they also welcome the natives when they go visit another country. They make sure to be good people and bring the party with them. And essentially, when I started dating the woman that I'm with, my mother was asking me so many questions. Well, but, but what is what language do they speak? My, our people are obviously, if you're from a small town in Mexico, you're very ignorant to the fact that Russian people have very strong culture and they're very nice people. And I think that the majority of Mexicans don't really think about Russia until recent times with these sanctions. Because Mexico was put in a very difficult position. Being the neighbor of the United States meant, hey, you need to sanction Russia. But our president in Mexico said, we're not going to do these things for you. Russia is not our enemy. So that, I think, brought a light to the Mexican population. Look, this is what Russia is about. But we're not enemies of Russia. And we would never impose sanctions on people that did nothing to us. So I think now Mexican people know more about Russia than ever, more than ever. So how are local people in Sludyanka, in Siberia, in the small town reacting when they find out that you are an American? Maybe sometimes you are the first American that they ever met in their life. And as you are also a former Marine, does it play a role? How are the locals reacting to you? That's a very good question. And what you said is beautifully said. See, I make, I always ask people, hey, when's the first time you met a Mexican-American or an American in general? I always ask them because I'm telling you, Their reaction is like, why are you here? 
but not in a negative way. They wonder, why would I choose to stay here? And it's usually now because I'm more known that they have gotten used to me. They will say, oh, it's our American boy who lives in our town or it's our Mexican boy who lives here. I feel a sense of pride that to the people that know me, they have welcomed me so much. And I know about 20 or 30 people now that I am their first American that they've ever met. But 100%, maybe like 90% of the population has never met a Mexican face to face. This is guaranteed. One of the reasons why I started this podcast is because always in Moscow, people ask me, Thomas, why you live in Russia, basically, right? So I was curious if it's only the Moscow hipsters, the crowd that I interacted with, that cannot believe that somebody from the West will move to Russia, or is it the same in the small city in Siberia? Also, people are asking you all the time, why do you come to Russia? Yeah, I think the majority of them, like you said, they want to know why someone from the West comes. But I think it's because the, their world is so small. Actually, like Russia is massive, but even Moscow is small in comparison to other cities that has so many more expats. So their world is only as big as their imagination can take them. And their imagination about Russia is actually so closed. I will give you an example. When I first met a, like a foreigner in my country before I went to the United States, I, my brain was not closed because and the Mexican is always dreaming about leaving and we imagine about these places and when they come and visit us, we can accept, okay, there's another world and their world is different than ours. But I don't think that Russian people understand that their country is beautiful and it's attractive to other people, if that makes any sense. Like perhaps they just don't understand how attractive a small town is to someone who's from a city. And this is the problem. Not a lot of information gets to them how good their cities are, how good their towns are. This town, I've never seen one crime. And I've lived here for over a year. Where I'm from in, in the suburban part of Los Angeles, you're walking out and you're seeing stabbings. People are being robbed. And this is on a daily. And I'm not exaggerating. If you go to a skid row, you can. good luck if you're a tourist. Good luck if you don't speak Spanish in some areas. This is the truth. And so I don't think that Russians know how good they have it. This is why they're so surprised. You also mentioned that you had the military training. You were a Marine. You were also in active, uh, yeah. active in Afghanistan. So how did your military training help you adapt to the life in rough Siberia? Are there any specific skills or the mindset, a mindset that you have proven useful in unexpected ways in Siberia for you? I think the best thing that ever happened to me after getting out of the military is keeping my, as a Marine, because we're trained harder than the army and harder than anybody else in the United States in our military. As a Marine, it's, we have a saying, it's just adapt and overcome. It's Semper Gumby. It's always flexible. No matter what happens to me here in Russia, no matter what obstacle I meet, whether it's the cold, whether it's somebody who dislikes me, whether it's someone who wants to cause me any harm, I don't overreact. I stay composed. I just try my best to honor the place in which I live. I'm proud to be in this part of the world. And I'm proud that the people that respect me here have taken me as just another person. So being in the military basically gives you that sense of honor. Now I'm not in the military, but I'm still a Marine. And I carry myself as a professional, as an honorable person. 
and I give loyalty to the people around me. So this is a good thing. Russian people admire and respect someone who comes with honor and respect. So it's helped me a lot. What advice would you give to other Americans or maybe also other Mexicans who may be considering visiting Russia, for example, or maybe moving even to Russia for a longer time? Are there some things you learned because you already finished this journey? So maybe it's interesting for listeners who also dream about starting this journey, maybe visiting Siberia, the beauties of the Siberian landscape or so on. What would you recommend them? How can they prepare before they come to Russia? On my channel, and I'm going to plug it in because not only is my channel and my experience something that I like to show people because for one, like we've talked about, I'm a military man who's been to war, who's basically served the United States, a country that is really against Russia at the moment. And if I was accepted, if I could come under these circumstances, I tell people, look, get your Russian visa, no matter what country you're in. Just get it because it's not going to hurt you. You're not going to lose anything. Get your Russian visa. Wait for a nice summer and come visit. Doesn't have to be Siberia. Doesn't have to be St. Petersburg. So Russia is massive. There's absolutely a lot of cities you can visit, a lot of towns. And my advice is before you come, just understand that you're not going to come to change the world. We're not, as a foreigner, don't try to change Russia. Don't try to go against the brain, not because it's a perfect place, but because it's just going to be a bad experience for you. Wherever you must visit, you must become one of them. Do it with respect. I think that the world lacks this understanding that you're a tourist in a foreign country. Don't think that you can bring change to it. Don't try to change the world. Russia is a place to find yourself and find beautiful things and make beautiful memories. I don't welcome anyone to come if their plan is to be a bad person. So if you're a bad person, I advise you not to come because this is not a place for people with bad intentions. And yeah. Yeah, let's come to the most important question. The last question. I watched some videos of yours and you are eating sometimes Mexican food in Siberia. So maybe you can tell me and also the audience where to get the best Mexican food in Siberia or generally speaking in Russia. This is a very good question because there's a few things that I need to cover. First of all, in Russia, corn is not widely used. And corn is the biggest and most important ingredient for a tortilla. A tortilla is what we use for tacos, for, uh, just for any type of meal. Now, the best food... I'm still looking for it. I did eat some food in Novosibirsk. I did eat some food in... Uh, there's a, Every city that I go to, I always try Mexican food because I don't know if the listeners know, but the Mexican cuisine is a world heritage. So it's, a, it's a, not a hard food to cook, but it's a very important ingredient stuff to cook. Like you need the right ingredients. Russia certainly does a good job. I will shout out like the restaurant that I had in my video in Novosibirsk. And uh, like we have one here, Rio Grande and Irkutsk. I'm going to Moscow in August and I'm told that Moscow has good Mexican food. So I'm going to put that to the test. And honestly, I can't wait to see Moscow and I can't wait to see what kind of food they have. Will it be your first time in Moscow, actually? My first time ever. My first time. <laughs> I'm very nervous. 
You will like it for sure. Now we talked already about the food, about the Mexican food. And uh, is there some other stuff that maybe you miss from the US or from Mexico? If you could bring some stuff from the US to Siberia, what would it be? Look, I drive a 1966 Ford Mustang. I have an American muscle. I have also a 1969 Mach 1, like the car in John Wick. If there's one thing I would bring is just my two cars, my two classic Ford Mustangs. I would want it here because I want the people to experience that. I've never seen here in Irkutsk a classic American car. I don't miss them, but if I could bring them, I would. There's a lot of things that I miss, like my family. And I think that's it. Individually, my brothers and sisters, but material objects or food, I don't care. Everything that I need is here in Siberia now. Yeah. In the last episode, we had an, another American guy who's living in Moscow and he said, He misses Taco Bell, but I think you, as a real Mexican, <laughs> you don't miss Taco Bell. You miss a different type of food, probably, oh, right? Oh, my friend. <laughs> It's uh, when people miss that, when Taco Bell, <laughs> when they talk about Taco Bell. See, the thing is, I honestly don't understand why people would ever think Taco Bell, maybe in the name, but they're way different than real tacos. But talking about food, besides Mexican food, what I really, I was here in Irkutsk eating like a shashlik from a Uzbek restaurant so like the cuisine in russia is very good if you're gonna come to russia don't look for your own food obviously i only do it because i want to make a video letting people know exactly when you ask me what's the best mexican food but you have to engulf yourself in the different cultures that are in russia unlike anywhere else if you're in america you get usually other foods in russia i never expected to eat food from uzbekistan from mongolia from Georgia. These are foods that never exist in California to a Mexican-American. So if you're coming to Russia, definitely don't look for what you had. Look for what you never had. Damn, thank you very much for your time today, for sharing your experiences as a Mexican-American living in a small town in Siberia named Sludyanka. And yeah. also people can follow your YouTube channel. I myself follow it. I watch all the videos. It's called Wild Siberia. I can highly recommend it here. Do you have any last words for the audience? Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to express what I've been through. And I hope that other people are motivated to come on your podcast and just give their perspective because we need that more than ever. And peace, love and respect. After listening to the conversation so far, maybe now you're interested in moving to Russia. Or maybe you even have some questions regarding a visa for the Russian Federation. If this is the case, I can wholeheartedly recommend the team of movingtorussia.ru. They have answers regarding all the matters of relocating to Russia. To remind you once again, it is called movingtorussia.ru. 